Hi, it's Janice Tuck here and today I want to talk about how to sound like you know what you're talking about in music class, even if you don't. The question is this, how do music teachers like you and me find ideas, resources and the energy for teaching? How do we teach in such a way that inspires our students and inspires ourselves on keeping on going day after day? That's the question and in this podcast we give you the answers. My name is Janice Tuck and welcome Weekly Spark for Music Teachers. So this is one question that comes a lot in music teaching, is the question of how do I teach something in music that I have no skills in and still like sound like I know what I'm talking about? Like for example, you know, how do I teach singing and I'm not a singer? Or how do I teach technology when I'm not a tech savvy person? Or how do I teach drums when I'm not a drummer? Or how do I teach choir if I've never sung in my life? You know, we ask ourselves this internally, we ask it publicly sometimes, and it's a pretty natural question to ask. Because if you think about it, music is a very specialised subject. You know, the things we have to learn in music are equivalent to what doctors and nurses and people that have studied for years and years have to learn. We do this in music. So we all have some areas which we've worked in more than others. And you know the saying, you know, you hear things like you get more of what you practice most in life. Or you get more of what you focus on. So if you say to yourself, well, I can't do singing, or I can't do tech, or I can't do drumming, well, you're just going to find more things that you can't do, that you don't do, and therefore you won't do them. (laughs) So with this shift, how can we then shift this to what can we do? What can we do? So we have a base to start with. And that might give us a bit more of an answer to this question. So this week I've been reading about publishing. Now, on the surface, it sounds quite boring, right? But it's one of the many hats I've had to acquire over the years is my roles. You know, my roles have changed from teacher to publisher and publisher of teaching materials. So it's all changed around a lot through the years and I've had to find ways to deal with that. And it's the same as music teaching was for me at the beginning. You know, I was never tech savvy. I never had many skills in many musical areas coming out of college or university. I wasn't a piano player. I wasn't a singer. I was this classically trained clarinet player and while I did have some skills in clarinet playing and in music theory, I didn't really have any skills in technology. In fact, when I first started out at university, I didn't even own a computer. However, now I have together with Kevin, my husband and my team, a technology-based business based on music teaching in lots of different areas. And I've run a piano school and I've taught singing and rock music and I teach about technology in areas such as garage band. And I taught in many different age groups with many different ability levels, right from two-year-olds all the way through 82-year-olds. And I've even worked with children in specialized schools as well as normal and regular high schools and primary schools and everything else in between. So how does all this happen when you don't necessarily have the skills? See, I know from my past experiences that students are not looking for someone who knows all the answers. They're not looking for someone that has all the skills. They're looking for someone who is willing to enjoy the journey with them. Someone's willing to have a laugh, have a fun time, and someone who's willing to make mistakes with them. So they can feel quite normal too. Because what I've learned is that nobody wants perfection. Perfection is just another way of saying, you know, you're too feel of fearful to try something new, right? So let's face it. How many perfect people do you follow? Now, for me, I know I sure don't. If I even think another person is totally perfect, and I never feel good enough to be around them. 
Because the truth is that we all want to be other people who are just like us. You know, full of flaws, full of mistakes, and full of lack of skills in many other areas. We can't all be good at everything. That would be really unhuman. So I knew I had to find out more about this publishing thing. And over time, I've been finding out there's quite a lot involved in this area. And it was getting confusing. So I knew I had to find someone who had done it before and who had succeeded at it. And it was my daughter that came to me one day and she said, Mum, I want to start a business. How can I make some money quickly? So we didn't know what to think about that. So we looked it up on the internet. I like to call it Dr. Google. And we joked about it together. And the name came up time and time again. And this name, Russell Brunson, was something that I sort of learned about and sort of got used to because I had seen this name so many times. And I watched something on YouTube and then he did this thing called the $100 Challenge and we entered into it. And then I found out he'd already written some books as well. And one was called Expert Secrets and one was called Traffic Secrets and the other was called Dot Com Secrets. So I bought one book at a time and I started reading about it. And I think what I liked about these books most was that he was just a regular guy, you know, a college wrestler, and his wife was supporting him through college, and he had no real skills at the start either. One of the best things I learned from reading about his content is that he learned to become not just a publisher, but he became a teacher and a really fantastic communicator. You know, not just a great communicator, a fantastic communicator and a great teacher. He shows people the secrets he learned in this area of publishing and he shares them with all sorts of other people. So what's one of his core concepts on great teaching? Well, it's one underlying principle. One of the core concepts he talks about over and over again, which is underlying in every single piece of content he publishes, all of his books, all of his courses, and all of his content is a single principle of something called hook, story, offer. Sometimes I like to call the offer action but it's hook, story, offer, or action. Now, it was a real aha moment for me the minute I read about and learned about this because it doesn't matter what you read about of this. It's kind of there because it's actually a core fundamental to any communication anywhere. And it's made so simple by using just those three simple words, you know, hook, story, offer. But it's the answer to any communication as well as whether you need to read a good book, it's the answer to reading a good email, and it's also the answer to teaching a great lesson. So it made so much sense to me because we've been planning our lessons our whole lives, but never had I ever heard it say so easily and simply before because I've always heard it as objectives and aims and results and presentations and goals and assessments. But that all seems so complicated. So whoever actually does it every single lesson, I don't know. I remember being talked out of it the first days of my teaching because, you know, you don't need a lesson plan like that because it takes too much time. So what does all this mean? Well, it's an easy way to remember and to communicate with any class and to sound like you know what you're talking about. So a hook is something that you can communicate at the beginning of any communication with any email or any writing or any class and it's there and it's designed to catch someone's attention so it can be done in so many ways I call it sometimes pattern interrupts too because sometimes it can be a question it can be a video it can be something special in the classroom to talk about it can be a headline you've written up on the board it can be a joke it can be an instrument something you say in funny ways as a dialogue anything that catches your students attention at that lesson 
The story part is the journey you tell and it's designed to connect your students to why you learn this piece of information you're about to share with them. And in that story, you tell your students why you valued what you learned because without the story, there's no one in the room that can connect with why they would learn it too. So what you're doing is you're taking, this on, you're taking them on a journey that they might enjoy with you and that's connecting them to the why because you've learned this thing, because you've learned this skill, hopefully it sets up the light globe in their head or the aha moment that you had so that they then go, ah, I can use that too and then use this piece of information that you've learned what, and you tell them what it gave you and what it helped you achieve and then hopefully they will take it on board and use that and use that in that way for them too. So by going through that brief story, you're connecting them with the why. They should learn it too. And, and you're not telling them why, you're just connecting them with it. And then finally, you give the offer. Now, it might be to learn a particular strategy or to do an assessment of some kind or to do an activity. You know, what is it that you want your students to do as a result of this learning? So there you are. They are the three keys to any communication and how to make it sound like you know what you're talking about, even if you don't even have the skills to do it. So the point is this, sometimes these gifts come to us from the most unexpected places. Who would have realized that I would have worked out a major communication skill just by listening to publishing books and listening to different people talk about their industries? You know, I got this gift of making music lesson plans simple, of knowing how to sound like what you're talking about in music class and even if you don't know every minute skill of it every minute skill of teaching music or singing or playing there is a lot of skill involved in the areas that we teach there's a lot of skill involved in setting up this communication and it goes back to this course concept of this hook story offer and then using that concept as the as the basis as the foundation you'll find the other ways to bring those other things in the skills in eventually with more practice, you will. So it's great chatting to you again today, and I look forward to chatting again next week with another learning distinction on the weekly spark. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast service. It helps us spread the word. Also, you can head over to funmusicco.com forward slash weekly teaching ideas, where you can join our mailing list and get free access to hundreds of fun music teaching ideas and resources for the classroom. So make sure you're subscribed and don't miss an episode. And I look forward to seeing you next time on the Weekly Spark for Music Teachers.